Rogers, who the only place he's going to take it to is the toilet bowl. And then you got Brett Favre, who will take it to the Super Bowl. I do like me a triple butter burger with cheese and the works, you know, ketchup, mustard, pickles. Could the package be really good? Yeah, I certainly would love that. But also to say that, is this look like a rebuild? Probably. If you think we're in a rebuild, then you got the wrong team. QB1, man. Come on, man. Best QB in the league right here. What's up, John Money? What's up, guys? This is Jeff Giannis. And Giannis does it! Stop it! Oh, please! What a cat! That's insane! You're listening to the Poor Man's Packers Podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the one Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined this week with Billy and Todd Boys. Hello, hello. Hey, guys. And what a fantastic week. You know, it. every day, I've said this before on the podcast, Every day you wake up and I'm just glad that I'm a Packer fan. You know, even when shit sucks, it never gets too bad. And even watching three quarters of a game and you're like, there's some moments where I'm like, should I not be this high on Jordan Love? And then you get to the end of the fourth quarter and you're like, ah, I, I never had a doubt. But one of the more exciting, I mean, three games into the season, I'm having a ton of fun watching we, football right now. We keep it interesting every single week. Like Billy and I, so we went and watched the game at Lynn Lake uh, in Uptown Minneapolis this uh, this weekend. First, it was a little touch and go. I wasn't sure if they were going to have the game, but they did. But uh, yeah, it was one of those where three <laughs> three quarters in, and we watched a few games last year, and we only won one of them last year when we were at Lynn Lake, and we're like, I don't think we can ever come back here. Every time we come here, they end up losing, but they were able to eke it out in the. Uh, fourth quarter there Todd what what were your thoughts we didn't talk too much uh, but how was your watching experience for the incredible comeback on Sunday I mean I if the, if we played three quarters of football I would have a lot of negative things to say today <laughs> but we won the game we played a fourth quarter you know we played the fourth quarter we needed last week is what we did yes you know put up 18 points in the fourth quarter that's a good fourth quarter Jordan Love is slinging quarter. the ball around I mean that's a fun quarter of football you know, last week, the last quarter, we needed to show up. This week, we didn't show up for three quarters. True. Thank God Jameis Winston was in that game because if somebody else, anybody he else, okay. really. He was, I mean, Carr wasn't lighting it up da- either, it, you know? I almost said David Carr. <clears throat> yeah. If Derek Carr quarterbacks that whole game, I I just don't think they put up zero points in the second half. If, if he quarterbacks that whole game. That's my only thing. But I also, like, we pulled the I, game out, trying not to be negative. Yeah. We won the I game. I think that's, yeah. I think that's maybe fair. They they probably went a little bit more conservative in the second half than they otherwise would have with a backup quarterback and a 17-point lead, knowing that yeah. our offense has done a lot of hot garbage to that point. Also, we gave him a gimme. We gave him a punt return, right? Yes. Yeah. I don't think and that's... A, and a I short field. On and a short first field. score. I don't think that's going to happen. I, I can't imagine we start giving up punt returns. I hope to God we don't. But my point just being, like, we eked it out. It was good to see. The fourth quarter was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Jordan Love looked good in the fourth quarter. Not so great one through three, but it's it's the NFL. You can't look good every play. Absolutely. Okay, cool. Well, this week, you know, we'll jump into it. We'll have our... Break down the offense, break down the defense, take news. We're going to talk a little bit about fan etiquette, and we'll get into uh, 
Billy and my experience at Little Lake talk about that. And then there was a bit of a conversation on the old Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, um, with people already complaining about standing at Lambo and all that hubbub. We'll have is Colin Idiots from Packers Trivia. And then we will, of course, preview the Lions game, which is on Thursday. And it should be should be a fun game. It's it's gonna be a lot more fun going in two and one rather than one and two. That would be that's what I was thinking in the third quarter too. I'm like, fuck. We're probably gonna lose. We could lose to the Lions, especially if we like lose to the Saints. Like that mindset, it's like Ew, we're we, probably gonna be one and three. We definitely could lose to the Lions. This is that's yes, a tough game. yes. But anyways, back to this week's game. Obviously, the Packers won seventeen to eighteen at Lambeau Field against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, pretty God, you know, you think back. It was weird for such a boring game. How exciting it really kind of was throughout. There was always kind of little ups and downs and. I think I turned to you, too, when we were going to the fourth quarter, Billy, where I'm like, I think we can score 17 points in a quarter. That's possible, right? I, I'm always the fun thing now and being in the Jordan Love era is my brain hasn't really reset to it being Jordan Love, where I'm still expecting to win every game until it is literally impossible. And we got right to the line because even the fucking, uh, you know, I think with the first play or second play of the fourth quarter was the fourth and two that we did not convert. That should be like, Oh, the game's over, but somehow we were still able to come back. But I don't know. Huge game. A lot of turns of very young team. So many penalties. We are the second most penalized team in the entire NFL this year thus far. Um, but I mean, yeah, I don't know. A lot of ups and downs. I guess we can just jump right into it. Uh, Todd, what I mean, you talked a little bit before, but what else did you think about this game? I don't, I don't know what the numbers say, but I thought, you know, overall, if we put up, what, 300 and some, 350 yards up against the Saints. And that defense is supposed to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in general, I think we were doing pretty good shooting ourselves in the foot with those penalties. I mean, can't wrap my mind around what's going through like Matt LaFleur's head when we are just like all of a sudden it's false. The false starts, the offensive line was just like, they were, I don't know what was going on mm-hmm. with the false starts. I mean, the occasional holding call would just set us back and all of a sudden it's first and 20 first and 25 sometimes. I mean, that was really frustrating. You know, I think if we don't do, if we clean it up, just, just only clean it up. I think there's a, you know, a touchdown or two more on the board just in general, even if we're not playing that great. So, a sloppy game, like I said, one through three were bad. Fourth quarter, we made up for it. Um, you know, not not everything was bad. It seemed like even like that fourth down play um, to the what would it be like where uh, walk is it Walker throws it back Wilson yeah Emmanuel Wilson Wilson Emmanuel Wilson throws it back to Jordan Love and he scrambled. if he doesn't slip. That's a big chunk play, right? I, like, right? I love that play. I think people, I too. anytime there's a trick play and it doesn't work, people are like, oh, throw that out. That's bad. I'm like, the the play, good play. The play should have, and it wide did open. fail, but it failed multiple times, but the goal was still, <laughs> was the still guy alive. was wide open. You know, if, if Jordan Love just, you know, set his feet, which at times seems to be impossible for him, it would have been a very easy throw. But, uh, and something else um, with the trick plays, what I've liked and we haven't given them too much uh, credit so far this year. I mean, it's only the third game, but really like what the offensive staff has been doing. I think I mentioned it last week where it's something like Jordan Love or the Packers have like the second most open receivers or separation on attempted passes and stuff. Um, but got scheming guys open. In every one of these first few games, 
we in the first drive or first quarter we have had one of these goofy plays. Week one, it was that triple option that did not work. Week two, it was the uh, the flea flicker, and then this week it was obviously that Emmanuel Wilson double throw, whatever. And I like that they're doing that in the first quarter, kind of like something I feel like the Lions have done to us recently where right off the bat they're making you think about stupid shit, and that's what can slow up a defense and all that. So I'm glad that they were doing that. Um, Billy, what did you think? And especially, especially on fourth down, too, because you know yep. the Lions under Dan Campbell are kind of notorious. They ran that fake punt against Kansas, Kansas City on their own 17 or whatever. Like Making teams think when we line up to go for it, like, oh, crap, what have they got in their bag of tricks? Like, there was the throwback pass from Wilson on Sunday, and I think it was at Detroit last year we ran that tackle eligible to Bakhtiari on a fourth and goal that Rodgers woefully underthrew that, again, like you were saying, everybody hated it, but it's like if Rodgers throws it to him, wide open, easy touchdown, like A billion percent. Yeah, and I don't know. it. Something else, at the end of the game, too, it was – I keep bringing up this Disney, <laughs> this Disney shit with a team, but God, if the fourth quarter, if that wasn't magical and lame and Disney, how Jordan loves first start for the Packers, Billy, I showed you, I bought a program for the game. I wasn't at the game, but I bought a program for it. Cause I'm like, well, it's Jordan loves first start. You never know. I'd r- rather get this. And it was like six bucks on the Packers website. So I'm like, yeah, start of the fourth quarter. I'm like, oof, that was, ooh, I might have to end up throwing that away, but <laughs> now a refund. Yeah. But Jordan loves first start, you know, once again, all the shit that he went through the last few years and just that shot at the end, usually I hate like when they get the camera guy on the field, but that like pan around while he's pumping up the crowd for the kneel down. I was like, this is fake. You, if you told me this was going to happen in the third quarter, I would not believe you. So very fun. I love the Packers. I love being a Packer fan. Blah, blah, blah. You guys want to talk about the offense? Yeah, let's do it. Yes. Cool. So the offense is still pretty solid this year. We're eighth in points still with 26 per game, 26.7. Uh, red zone scoring still number two in the NFL, 77.78. That's wow. that's pretty good. And touchdowns a game, not like that's a huge thing, but we are second in the league in that. Everything else, you know, yards per play, we're right in the middle at 16. Uh, like I mentioned, I love what the offensive coaching staff has been doing. They're showing creativity. I do think Rodgers probably held, I don't know if he held back the team, but he obviously stunted some of this creativity that they obviously, obviously want to do. I, um, Matt LaFleur gave Jason Vrabel credit for that double pass, I believe, today too in his presser. So nice cool. to hear something good about Jason Vrabel because I haven't had too many good things to say about him in recent years. Um like I said, we're the second remind, most penalized. Uh, remind me and some of the other listeners who are not as familiar with uh, the Packers assistant coaches, who's Jason Vrabel? So Packer, uh, Packers. LaFleur is the head coach. Adam Stenovich, who was the great offensive coordinator uh, or offensive line coach, he's the OC now. Jason Vrabel is the wide receiver coach slash pass game coordinator. And I think Steno might – I don't know if we have a run game coordinator this year unless it's Ben Sermons, the running backs coach, because I don't think it's uh, Luke Buckus, the offensive line coach. But, uh, yeah, and I am I was glad because the media actually today asked about Connor Lewis, who is the – he was a analytics guy under Mike McCarthy, and he's moved up through the ranks, and he's now the assistant quarterback coach. And Matt Schneidman asked Matt LaFleur about him today, and Matt – gushed about him for like one or two minutes and all he said was you know can you tell us a little about Connor Lewis and he's he said he's the guy always in LaFleur's head now because before it was always like 
what to do. And this week, you know, one of the reasons why we went for it on um, when we scored that first touchdown was because Connor Lewis immediately was like, we have to do this. And I guess we can talk about that too. I love that decision. As soon as they were lining up to go for two, I turned over to you, Billy, and I was like, I like this because the reason you do it is you get two shots to convert it. If you don't get it the first time, at least you can tie. And then you don't have to worry about overtime too, you know, if you obviously get it the first time. But what did you guys think of that decision to go for it there? I I felt a little bit like it was cart in front of the horse. Like <laughs> the way we were playing, I was like, let's just, just kick the ball. Like, let's just kick the ball and see if we can do it again. We'll go for it. But like, I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't hate it. It was not like it was something that was crazy, but I was like, man, the way we're playing, like, let's just kick the field goal and see if our defense could do something instead of be out of the game immediately. But I don't know. For the two-point conversion? Yeah, for the two-point conversion. Okay. Yeah, I, I think LaFleur, you know, kind of looked at it the opposite way. Like, our offense has been so inconsistent. Like, we're not going to have we're not going to have enough possessions to get the ball back a third time. So let's go for it now. And if we convert, great. We just need a touchdown and an extra point. We need one more possession. Whereas, you know, he was maybe thinking, if we go to overtime, do we trust the defense to continue to play this well and hold them to just a field goal? Do we trust the offense to go all the way down the field and score a touchdown then and win the game? You know, it, just so many different things can go on. You're playing at home, trying to make a big comeback, kind of playing with house money. I, I didn't mind it. I also thought like it's only a matter of time until Jameis throws a pick six. So like <laughs> I was I was so ready for a turnover. Out. Let's wait him out. You know, okay, give him the ball back. We'll just wait him out. We'll get that pick six. We'll go home free. Yeah, I was I was very excited when Jameis. I was getting ready. I I thought there would have been more weird plays with Jameis in the game, but I think we got more of those kind of weird plays from uh, Jordan Love. But I was I was more nervous about the Andres Carlson kick to go ahead than I yep. was the two-point yes. conversion. Because even with a two-point conversion, if you don't get it, the, you know, the game's still going on. But if we <laughs> if we miss with uh, Anders and it's like, fuck, that's some bad juju. And then there's still like almost three minutes left in the game and all that. So I'm glad that we didn't have to worry as much as we <laughs> thought we would have going in. And who would have thought it wasn't Anders Carlson missing the game-winning kick? Yeah. You know, yeah. like... And then did you see at, like, the end of the broadcast, they showed, like, Jordan Love, Matt LaFleur, and then the Saints kicker who missed the kick. Like, he didn't get any airtime all day long, and then all of a sudden he loses the game, and they're like, put the camera on him. I, I felt, I mean, I always feel bad for people. I felt bad for him seeing him. He, but he was little. He was one of the small, he okay. kind of reminds me of, uh, what was it, Hanson? What was his first name? The kicker for the Lions for the longest time, who was a tiny Jason guy? Jason Hanson. Jason. I was going to say Jake, but I knew that wasn't it. Yeah. It, but very small creature. Rookie, undrafted, uh, kicker, five foot rookie. Five seven, 156 pounds, according to ESPN.com. That, no that dude, way. I am, I am taller comfortably, <laughs> comfortably than an NFL player. Well, there you uh, go. That's a, that's a win for you right there. Um, quarterback. Jordan Love talking about him. I mean, God, still, it's he's so much fun. I love him. I still don't know how good he's going to be, but I am. I am planting my flag as to wanting him to be the guy because he's he's fucking goofy, man. And it's we're three games in seeing him, and we have all these weird screenshots and shit. The splits, the running, the not knowing how to slide, the weird arm angles he'll throw at. 
and he seems to be a good dude. He's a very smart guy on the field too. Like obviously people are watching the JT O'Sullivan breakdowns and you can see he knows how to read a defense. So I'm like, I like the guy. He knows what he's doing. He's talented enough. I'm we'll see how the season plays out. The Saints have a good defense too, so that was impressive. But I feel like he's going to get a this next contract he's probably going to get, I think we're going to get at least one more out of him. Like, I feel like he's going to be our quarterback for the, for the next 10 years or so, but uh, 22 out of 44, 259 yards, one touchdown, one pick, uh, nine carries for 39 yards. We talked about the comeback. That was great. The way he uses his legs is great. The touchdown was cool. The little juke on the inside linebacker. That was fun. I'm glad he didn't do the Lambo leap. Um, love the play fake that he held looked like Rogers still working on the deep ball, which isn't very good. Um, it, he, he throws a good deep, like we didn't get a lot of DPIs with Rogers recently on the deep balls, but Jordan love puts more loft on them. So receivers are able to run underneath it and there's more contested catches. Um, I didn't like some of the decisions throwing short on some third downs, and his accuracy is obviously an issue. He's 33rd in the league. He is like five percentage points behind Justin Fields right now. But I talked a lot, a lot there. Jordan Love, what would you guys think? I think like the DPI balls, I have a different take. Um, I don't think he's putting a lot of air under him. I think they're really bad throws. <laughs> Un- I <think> underthrown, <laughs> I think. I think they're underthrown pretty significantly. And it's just the fact that the receiver on a vertical route has to work backwards to the ball that we're getting DPIs. So like, that's my take on those balls is that like, those balls are not good balls. It's not like he's like lofting it up and it's like, Oh, run under it. It's like, Hey, it's 10 yards behind me. I have to stop as the receiver. And so I get tackled by the corner and then there's the 50 yards for a flag. You know, it's like you can chunk plays on DPI. So I'm not complaining, but at the same time, I'm like, man, we got to hit some deep balls right like the well pick- and you, you can't keep relying on defensive pass interference because eventually <laughs> the db is going to get his head turned around and he's going to be like fielding a wounded duck punt and those safeties aren't going to be deep if if these balls are in a right. throne like that the safety is going to sit on those and they're going to get picked off like well, and they're well, going to play press coverage or they're going to do whatever they can to play underneath him if he's not throwing the ball far enough the one that he was picked on this week he did overthrow that one a little bit um and one of the corrections i have for this week because a listener you know of course uh wrote in and how the the play last week the flea flicker it actually really wasn't underthrown it was actually it was a halfway decent ball he could have maybe let him a little bit but it wasn't as much of an underthrow as we would would have initially thought but obviously we'd like a little bit more out of him on those the positive things is the short the short routes look good. I think there is timing issues with the receivers. I mean, we saw like the Patrick Taylor issue on fourth down. I mean, we see the issues between him and um, um, what's Musgrave. Him and Musgrave have some timing issues. It's very clear on the um, deep ones, especially those those on ones the deep down ones the middle. Especially. Yes, yes, and it's the where are you going to be you know, when I need to snap and throw, right? It's like he's not where he thinks he's going to be. It's like those types of things. Um, but in general, you know, you're, you're crossing routes. He attacks the middle of the field nicely, it seems. Um, I don't have any issues with his accuracy short. It's just like deep. I just don't know. 
Like, not a, I'm not a quarterback's coach, but it's like, is it his footwork? Like, what is the disconnect between once that ball's going 30 yards down the field, it's like it could be anywhere. But if it's 20 yards down the field, he's dropping it in a bucket. And it's mm-hmm. like, I just don't understand. Like, he had a couple of those routes. What was the one? It was like a corner route that he dropped in. It might have been to, um, I'm trying to think. Of who. Dobbs down the some... sideline, or are you talking end zone? It might have been Dobbs down the sideline, and then later on he hit him on the yep. fade also. Yep. Yep. And then there was the one um, to, anyways. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Maybe it was Jaden Reed on the left side of the field that he the, hit. The one on that, that he that should have caught. Oh, well, there was. There was the diving catch that was pretty good. And the one in the end zone was a pretty good ball, too, that he didn't bring in. So fourth quarter, he was looking. It's like he's in rhythm, and then he's, mm-hmm. he's doing it. And some of those were, I guess I would consider, like the one to read was probably a deep ball. That was like a, a little corner route on the outside that was a deeper ball. Same thing yeah. with Dobbs. That was a deeper ball, too. It had to be 20 yards down the field. Oh, okay. I guess I don't consider those like the bombs that he's missing. But They're yeah. not. But I there's like, the, okay, so the intermediate routes I feel good about. He he threw that fade. He threw the fade to to Romeo Dobbs. One was like bad. Six times on <laughs> like Malik was... Heath. Malik Heath had a good one too, where it was not a good ball, and he played defense on it. Yes. So that was I like so seeing that out of the rookie. Plenty of fades, and he hit it when it counted. Yes, like when he really needed it, he hit it. And give Jordan Love credit. He's not he's not rattled. This is the game is not too big for Jordan Love. So. Yeah. We have that to work off of. He's he's composed. He's not burning timeouts. Like he's doing most everything good. The accuracy needs to be better all around. That comes with the receivers too. And then the deep ball just needs to be better. Outside of that, I don't have many complaints about Jordan Love. I mean, for yeah. this being he's three starts in. I mean, that's pretty damn good. It's better than I thought we were gonna be. Thought the deep ball was gonna be more of a strength this year, and maybe some of the other stuff was gonna be an issue. It's kind of the opposite. The deep ball needs work, but I guess if you're picking and choosing, yeah, it's a lower percentage throw anyway. So, yeah, I, I, what it's I hope that I hope that the deep ball comes around, and the same thing with kind of the fade routes, the back shoulders, you know, whatever. Like, we got to remember that Jordan Love, like you said, is only he's only started four games in this league, and how many games has Jaden Reed started? How many games has Dontavian Wicks played? How many games has Luke Musgrave played? Romeo Dobbs was hurt for a portion of the season last year. So hopefully over time they start to get that rapport and that chemistry and the timing down. And we also have to remember that we got used to watching Aaron Rodgers throw those exact same routes to Jordy Nelson, who he played with for the better part of a decade, and Devontae Adams, who they played together for eight years, and James Jones. Bunch of veteran guys Yeah, had a lot of a lot of football played built up that chemistry and relationship so still time i'm i'm optimistic that that's going to come around and yeah uh i'm willing to bet on september 26 that come the end of the year we're going to see massive strides yeah and you know part of this too we're talking about the young team and all that you know them jiving together and blah 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 i i do think it might be a more talented team eh, i don't know than when rogers took over but it's like it's kind it still feels like last year it feels like there's it's a little bit more concise and we're moving the ball more than we did last year but it's still the mistakes of the penalties and then the drops which it's sloppy sloppy once the drops get figured out which i think they will you know that completion percentage will go up um and the penalties too because there was a lot of times where we were starting at a bad down and distance there was a couple times where we had like first and 15s first and 25 so Mm -hmm. 
things can <laughs> i'm sure the passer rating is going to remain the same and then the completion percentage is only going to go up only good things are going to happen um moving on to running backs I don't know. I think maybe we'll talk more about the injuries later, but obviously Aaron Jones was out. AJ Dillon. I don't know. He's, I I don't want to gloat too much about being right about a player not being good, but he just is not, I feel bad. He's just not very good. He had the one 14 yard catch that was ruled a pass. And if you eliminate that, he had 11 carries for 19 yards, which is an average of 1.72 point per carry. 10 carries for 19 yards, 1.9. Okay, I'm sorry, just just no, math I'm, checking you. I'm saying if you got rid of the 14 yard catch, that's right. What it was. So it'd be it'd oh, be one okay. fewer carry is my point. Ah, sure. I'm, okay. I'm giving him an extra point one eight <laughs> yards. Yes. Wow. And you did that math in your in your head. <laughs> Anyways, yes. so he isn't getting much help from the O line. There was a couple really bad ones there, but God, there's some, and you don't want to be the guy who pauses and screenshots shit. But there's a couple where it's like dude, what are you doing? He pretty much got benched in the fourth quarter. There was one run where he had when we were backed up deep where he had a seam to the left and he just stayed way too close and got tackled. It's just, he even struggles in pass protection now, which was the one thing that was supposed to be his strength. You watch and um, noticed it live and noticed it uh, on the watch back too and J.T. O'Sullivan brought it up. But God, he even when he's pass blocking, he can't stay on his feet. He had the one, the one where Jordan Love got sacked it was AJ Dillon's, Dillon's fault because he didn't take the wide guy. And also, when he did try to block the wrong guy, he ended up on the ground too. I don't I feel bad bashing the dude, but fuck. And I'm, I'm going to say this. This is something. I don't think I said this before, but this is, once again, the bad fan comment. This offseason, when maybe it's a, when uh, Jordan Love, Wicks, Romeo Dubs, Christian Watson, I don't know if it was Patrick Taylor or Tyler Goodson, but him and Aaron Jones were in California uh, working out and throwing the ball around. AJ Dillon was at a book signing for his for his chi- for his children's book that he made this this offseason. That weekend he was doing book signings, so he was, you know, paying attention to oh, that. Um, it's for the kids. For so. the kids. Uh Patrick Taylor, Emmanuel Wilson. I like Taylor. I thought he looked pretty good. If nothing else, he's like a spark out there. The energy is just so much better when any other running back is on the field outside of A.J. Dillon. Uh, the fourth down play wasn't great, but it seems like that was his fault and not Jordan Love's. But I like that he settled in this spot. I still don't know exactly what the right move was there. Um, Emmanuel Wilson had one decent run that got called back with a penalty. And then Keyshawn Nixon, might as well throw him in here. That nice little jet sweep where he picked up 11 yards. Uh, I like how he had a sufficient runner. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was more than Jordan Love, too. By a lot. I liked how he hesitated on the sideline, like he was going to go out of bounds, and then he just ran straight forward for three more and ran into two dudes. So I loved him. I wouldn't mind giving him the ball, like at least putting him out on offense once a game and just maybe fake it to him. Yeah, I don't the Tyler Irvin plays and just like, use him as that gadget guy to like. You know, put him in motion, do whatever yeah. with him, and then yeah, I like that too. He well, yeah, it he, puts something else in the in the opponent's head. Like, okay, what do we need to what do we need to plan for with Keyshawn Nixon? Are they going to throw a bubble screen to him? They're going to do a a reverse? They're going to throw an option pass with him? Like, who knows? Yes. Um. But do you guys have anything else on AJ Dillon or Patrick Taylor too? I know I talked a lot about AJ Dillon not being good, but maybe we want to hear more about him not being good. Maybe we can say something nice about Jordan Love rushing on that one on the sidelines where he stayed in bounds. That was very and cool. And I actually think Fantastic. he could have put a move on those last two guys that were there because they had given up on the play that he was going to go out of bounds. 
there was I can't remember who it was if it was Dontavian Wicks blocking for him down the field or whatever. But like literally when he ran out of bounds, they had already let up. I was like, man, he could have he could have checked one of them and just kept going. Like I don't know. He ran well. He was the leading rusher, sadly. I mean, look at that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. AJ Dillon on 11 carries and Jordan Love's the leading rusher. Yeah. You know, with an extra 5, 6 yards or whatever it was, but I don't know. I mean, we're a broken record. I'm not going to say anything different than what you said. AJ Dillon, it's just not I, I again will say I don't know that we're using him correctly t- yeah. t- in his defense, but regardless, like the vision's got to be there. I'm starting to doubt the vision on like, hey, he doesn't seem like he's even picking the right holes. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't. It's just tough. It's just a tough look. Really excited to have Aaron Jones back. Like, that's all I can say. Yeah. I'm looking forward to having Aaron Jones back. And it sounds like he's tracking to play on Thursday is what the report was today. So I'm interested to see, does Patrick Taylor maybe start to get a little bit more run or Emmanuel Wilson? Like, we kind of had to roll with A.J. Dillon. He knows this offense the best out of all those. But once we get Aaron Jones back, like we can give Aaron Jones his 15, you know, 17 carries per game. And Patrick Taylor has shown that he's a pretty sound pass blocker. And he gave the team a spark, like you said, Spencer, uh, through the air in that fourth quarter. So I think he's earned some additional opportunity. So I'll be interested to see what the – the snap and the the touch breakdown looks like on Thursday night between those three guys. Yeah, and is we it, sh- we should uh the thing that'll be interesting to see too. We're recording on Tuesday. The game's obviously on Thursday, but I'm gonna guess on Wednesday. Those were three different days because he's on the practice squad. So they've had to call right. him up three times, and you only get three. So they'd have to move him to the active roster now. So I wouldn't be surprised. Flip-flop. Yeah, I think we're gonna cut Emmanuel Wilson. Probably. I don't think he's shown enough. Like someone else is gonna scoop him up. Might as well just do that, put Patrick Taylor in there, and honest to God, and once again, saying too many negative things, if A.J. Dillon is off this team, this team is no worse. You know, like, he, I truly do not know what he brings, and I don't want to be a douchebag, but it's just any... It, you have Everything has to be set up perfectly for him to succeed, and if that's what you need... You're you're not a difference maker. You shouldn't be on the field. So that's that's where I'm at with with him. Um, wide receiver Christian Watson still hurt. We thought he could potentially play. Um, we could run through the injuries quick, I guess. Like we said, Aaron Jones he didn't play. He was very close. They were saying the workout he had pregame for that uh, Saints game was like an actual workout, and they thought for like he looked fine, but they held him out. Christian Watson, he just did some stretching, but he did say today that the plan is for him to play. I think Romeo Dobbs or someone said Aaron Jones is going to play. Uh, Bakhtiari, he's going to probably be questionable again. Elton Jenkins will definitely be out. Uh, Devondre Campbell, that was an injury that popped up. It seems like he's going to be out. It's another ankle, I believe, and it's the opposite uh, ankle of his uh, training camp injury. So that's not good for a linebacker who's already pretty slow. And then we have Zach Tom, who did not finish the game. But LaFleur said that he did look better. And today he was listed as limited, even though they didn't actually practice. So that's injury stuff. We'll probably talk about that too when we get to the Lions preview. But receivers, the guys who were healthy and played, Romeo Dobbs, he had a pretty solid performance. Five receptions, 73 yards, the one touchdown. Um... I'm glad that they kept going back to the fade and he actually came down with one. The one, and I posted it on Twitter and it fucking went like viral. All I did was 
repost the Packers IG video of him making that catch on the sideline that he kept his feet in. Yep. The guy, the person who took the video was right there and it was so cool how the ball like drops out of the sky and he's able to just catch it and keep both feet in. Very, very cool. You watch, you watch it from that angle and you're like, that's why they're professionals. And I could mm-hmm. never do something like this. Uh, Jaden Reed still had a bit of some j- drop issues, uh, three catches for 63 yards, but he, he caught the tough one. He caught the one that he had to dive for. I wish he would have yep. held on to the one in the end zone. Uh, Devontae Wicks still looking pretty good. Uh, four receptions for 45 yards. He's just really quick, and I'm really looking forward to I said it last week, but I'll say it again. When it's going to be Watson, Dobbs, Wicks, and Reed, that is awesome, which leads me to Samari Ture and Malik Heath. I'm kind of I'm over Samari Ture. He keeps getting these deep balls too for whatever reason. He does not have good hands for contested catches over and over. He's dropping those balls. The triple coverage deep, I mean, that's not really his fault, but yeesh. He also had the offensive pass interference in this game, which was kind of ticky-tacky. And Malik Heath, I like him too as an undrafted guy. I would like him to stay on the roster over Samari Ture, but I like the other guys more. What do you guys think of the receivers? Um, yeah, I think in general, uh, I agree with like the Malik Heath and the Samaria Toure take too. Um, but no, I think, I don't know. I, uh, Romeo Dubs, some people are saying that he's maybe the number one guy now with Christian Watson being out for so long. We'll see if that's true or not. I mean, Christian Watson's a phenomenal athlete. I have a hard time believing that he's going to get any less snaps. I mean, he, he's, he's guaranteed a lot of snaps, right? Um, and then same thing as always, like Jaden Reed's a great slot. Love seeing him. Yeah. He had some drop issues, but like you said, when it counted, he made the catch. I don't know. It's great. Dontavion Wicks. I mean, he doesn't look like a rookie. Same thing with Jane Reed. Doesn't look like a rookie. So that's what you want out of your rookies guys that look like they've been around for a little while. And like, that's really fun to watch. Um, yeah, I don't know. Did I miss anybody? I think that's it. I mean, it's a really fun group, and I think I'm more excited with where they are versus in the offseason thinking it was kind of going to be a bit of a dumpster fire going into the season. The The receiving game was going to be really tough, and who would have thought with no Christian Watson we'd still be doing as well as we are on the receiving end. There's mistakes to be cleaned up. It's a young group, but overall, there's a lot of promise there. Yep. Billy? I'm starting to get a little bit I don't know about I don't know if concerned is the right word but maybe a little bit anxious I'll say about Christian Watson and his long-term availability I mean we're we're in his second year now and he had he had 14 games last year that he actually played but even still he got off to a slow start now he's missed the first three games this year so we're 21 games into his NFL career, and he's missed a third of them. Yeah, which is not a great yeah. percentage. I and True. you know he missed a lot of time in training camp last year. Took him a while to get going. Like that's a lot of development time for a guy coming out of college that was still really raw and trying to you know gain that um, that timing and that relationship with your record with your quarterback that I talked about earlier. First with Rodgers last year, now with Love. So. I'm really starting to get anxious to see him get on the field and stay on the field because it yeah. seemed like there were multiple games last year too where he missed. We he'd get a little get a little bit banged up, you know, nicked up, what, whatever. I j- I just want to see him on the field and you know see what he can do when he's healthy for a substantial period of time. 
Yeah, and he, uh, he, I don't know if he's made a point, but he has mentioned multiple times that he wish, like, it was, it's not always up to him, which I, I don't want to say I question, but I go back to, you know, you're talking about holding guys out. I go back to that Lions game last year in Detroit, and we know if we would have won one more game, we would have made the playoffs. But that second half, Aaron Jones and Christian Watson were both held out, and they both played in the very next game. If they would have, if either one of those two guys would have played, that would have been an entirely different game. And I, you know, you want to lean being a little bit more conservative with these injuries, but fuck, man, at some point, especially with Christian Watson being a speed guy and that hamstring, um, I forgot who brought it up. But last year, Sammy Watkins talked about one how he went a little bit too hard in practice and that's why he hurt his hamstring like week three or four last year I think and he mentioned then how he's told Christian Watson how you can't always go like 100% and you wonder if that might be an issue where I mean he hurt it in practice or off you know off the field during training camp so I don't know I don't know we'll have to see but hopefully he can uh, stay healthy um stick with the pass catchers to Luke Musgrave I like him a lot. Six receptions, um, 49 yards. He, I, I feel like you can't go broke throwing to Luke Musgrave. Todd, you said some, you said that he hasn't had the best connection with Jordan Love. I still think it, it really, it's like in the middle of the field, 20 yards deep is where they have no chemis- chemistry, but everywhere else, or maybe, maybe it's just that those deep balls, it's not working I- out. I think too, it's more like when Musgrave has to read a defense and move yes. in relation to where the defense is, right? Like when he's running crossing routes, when he's running, you know, near the line of scrimmage, those routes are typically it's either sit down or you're running, you know, you're running in a specific direction. But you get down the field a little farther, and it's, hey, am I drifting outside? Yeah, am I staying tight inside? I think that's where the disconnect is. So I don't. Yeah. And he, he did say that he should have ran that route a little straighter too. Matt LaFleur also said that, and that's also what he said back for that Bengals game or whatever preseason game where he didn't, uh, where Jordan Love overthrew him a little bit too. But yeah, I like I said, I feel like you can't go broke giving the ball to Luke Musgrave. He had like those fucking like two-yard outs that we would always throw to Richard Rodgers for nothing. <laughs> he's turning them into six yards minimum every time. It, obviously, yes. he's been in the league for a very long time, so he's going to keep it up. But if nothing else, he's the perfect check-down guy. Um, Tucker Craft out, out uh, snapped Ben Sims this week, so that was good. But I don't know what else there is for tight ends. But, uh, yeah. I love the, seeing Musgrave on those crossers and that little out and you know the the little bootleg leaking out the backside or whatever like get him into space and you can see just how athletic he is like you know picking up yards after the catch and and gaining that separation from the linebackers so if he starts to figure out you know the rest of the route tree he's going to be quite the weapon He's got plenty of potential to be one of your yak tight ends right a guy that can catch the ball in the middle of the field be an outlet not saying he's Travis Kelsey, but like similar to the way that they use Travis Kelsey as just he's a he's a safety net, right? Like he's got the potential yeah. to have a lot of impact in that. Like way, a so. I, I'd say like a Dallas Goddard with Philly. Like he doesn't run yeah. a ton of deep routes with Philly, but he can still pop off and make a make a play down the field. But I even think like the the deep routes are definitely gonna be open for Musgrave, right? Like I feel like that's almost more his weapon because that speed, like when you see him running vertically against a linebacker, it's like, yeah, there's not a lot of guys, even even athletic as linebackers are these days, there's not a lot of guys that can run with a guy that's that yeah. big and fast. 
And I don't know if he'll ever be that yak guy because he really wasn't he in, in college either. But God, he like you're saying, he's so fast, but he's so big. Every time the ball's thrown to him, he just looks open because he's so much bigger than whoever's covering him, it seems to be like. Um, offensive line, obviously some shuffling once again with Elton and Bakhtiari being out. Uh, Elton also said that he, well, they didn't put him on IR, so he should be back in a few, well, I guess we also have an early bye week too, so I would assume after the bye sure. maybe it'll be close. But anyways, um, so with both of those guys out, we have the offensive line of Rashid Walker, Royce Newman, Josh Myers, John Runyon, and Zach Tom. God, just a bunch of little babies. Uh, Dair, whatever, the uh, British, whatever, fucking yep. European kid, he tweeted out that John Runyon was the oldest player on offense for the Green Bay Packers on Sunday at 26 years old. Uh, wow. Rashid Walker, once again, the seventh round pick last year out of Penn State. First home start, played really well. He was the highest rated player for the Packers on offense, which is pretty cool. I don't think he allowed any pressures, but it is, and I've said this before, I think last year we talked about it, how just going into the year, the way Goody's been able to turn around the entire offensive line in a couple of years without like devoting very high-end draft picks. like It's all been mid-round guys, and even the couple free agents that he picked up were pretty cheap too. Um Yash finished the game. Like I had mentioned, Zach Tom didn't play the last couple of snaps, but it sounds like maybe I'm going to guess he's going to be questionable. I don't know if he'll play or not. Um, something we've seen, and we were talking about penalties, a lot of it is the offensive line. The false starts, the holdings, maybe not as much, but and we saw it too, and Billy, it pissed me off because I got pissed this uh, preseason when Josh Myers snapped the ball when Love wasn't ready because someone jumped. And this week too, someone jumped, but they didn't get in the neutral zone. And we yeah. jumped for the false start, and it's like, just don't do that. It, it seems like it might be something we're going to keep seeing in the future with this very young team, but pass blocking was fine. Run blocking was still a struggle. Um, yeah, overall, hard to have too many complaints with the offensive line. What are the odds that Sean Ryan gets a chance over Royce Newman? I mean, I don't what were the grades well, for Royce Newman looking like? Because they, they couldn't have been very good. He played pretty well against the um, Falcons the previous week stepping in. Uh, I think he allowed three pressures this week. And I agree. I wouldn't hate to see Sean Ryan. Maybe they're... Just to see. Yeah, waiting. Maybe they're trying to like snap him just there in order to get him, you know, the scout team snaps at left guard to get him a little bit more ready. But I will say this too, Todd. We talked about it in the preseason. One of my predictions, and I picked the wrong guy but that someone would surprise on the offensive line between Rashid Walker um, Sean Ryan and Caleb Jones but obviously Walker's been that guy who stepped up and surprised all of us I mean we weren't talking about him at all last year he's the Zach Tom of this year where it's like what this guy like it's just crazy to have this guy walk in you're all pro Walker left tackle goes out yeah talking about Rashid Walker have yeah (laughs) it's Crazy to see your all pro, you know, sits on the bench and then Rashid Walker steps in and it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't even notice that the left tackle wasn't there. Yeah. Didn't even know that, that your all pro left tackle wasn't out or, you know, it's crazy. So, yeah. The thing I've been impressed with is the, the pass protection and Spencer, the, the grades that you talked about back it up. I mean, I, I was just going back through the, the box scores on ESPN here against the Bears. Jordan Love was hit three times, one sack against Atlanta, hit three times one sack against new Orleans hit three times one sack. So maybe the pocket isn't always the cleanest. Maybe they're making him move off his spot a little bit. And we saw it with the nine different carries that he had against new Orleans, but 
He's not taking a ton of hits, and he's not getting sacked a bunch, which, number one, is great for a young quarterback that's still developing. But two, it's also a credit to the offensive linemen and the coaching that we have that are able to to handle um, mismatching the offensive line and moving pieces around with the injuries this week and still have a, a productive day pass blocking. Yes, and even that one sack, too, was kind of lame where they stopped it dead. And, again, that wasn't the offensive line's fault. That was A.J. Dillon's fault, um, once again, like like always. But uh, with that, we will have a quick commercial break. And we are back with the defense. Defense, uh, you know, we all, once again, we always get pissed off at Joe Barry. They only let up. For good reason. Yes, but they only let up 10 points in this game. You know, third quarter, I was irate, and then, I was, and then it's one of those where it's like, wait a minute, I, I can't really be too that pissed That does here. happen with the Joe Barry defense. Like Sometimes it's like good, but still bad, and you're like, oh, it's working. I, you know, I don't want to get mad at the offense being a Packer fan, so it's always, it just has to be the defense. <laughs> I can't be mad at the players. You know, they're all fighting for me. It has to be the guy up in the booth. But uh, still, you know. Kind of right in the middle, uh, 13th in points, 15th in yards per game. Uh, God, they're giving up. This week, they're actually pretty good against the run, too. I forgot what they gave up. It was it, better. It was around two yards a carry. They're 18th in the league right now in yards per carry for rushes, but uh, you know they're still not very good. They're 27th in uh, yards per game. But, you know, can't complain too much. It was the bend, don't break, even late with Jameis Winston. Like, they found the line to stop them for that field goal. Um, I know they didn't have a ton of great running backs in the game, but you know, tough to get too pissed. But yeah. you guys have any major thoughts on, on the defense overall there? I mean, in general, they seem to play well. It's what they only had 77 rushing yards, which was, which was pretty nice. And then granted it was a Jameis Winston, you know, ending to the game, but he didn't, yeah. I guess to your credit too, he didn't play horrible. Um, yeah, I don't know. The defense played solid enough, and then, like you said, it, it was it was better than what it seemed almost. Like, it didn't seem like we were stifling, but at the same time, yeah, they only put up 10 points. Yeah. Like, is that an offense that's really going to score a bunch of points without Alvin Kamara? I don't know. But, it, I mean, we held them to 10. That's pretty damn good if you can hold anybody to 10 points in the NFL. So, yep. And seven good. of those came after that short drive following the, the botched right. fourth down on that that opening drive so that's a good point even yeah. that one comes with an asterisk right my takeaway is well kenny clark is a stud we knew that rashawn gary is a monster we knew that he he's back. looking he's back he's he's healthy he's ready he to is go. him <laughs> yeah so you know when our when our studs are playing well i'll say you know our three studs on defense one at each level kenny rashawn gary jair and those Savage. guys are playing well. That defense plays better. So, yep. you know, it just having that pass rush just makes such a huge difference. And we didn't quite see it the first couple of weeks. We were getting close. We were putting some heat on, but we weren't finishing. It was good to see us finish on Sunday. Yeah, it was yeah. kind of like uh, week one. I think we've got a little bit more pressure on too. But yeah, it's back to it's like this. Goody had to make an idiot-proof defense. You know, just. Give really <laughs> talented athletes Joe Barry and cross your fingers that he won't fuck it up. Um, corners, Jair, I didn't mention him, but he was a late scratch. He uh, hurt his back. Hopefully, I think he was listed as limited today if they would have practiced, so hopefully he'll be back. But they did 
obviously call up Corey Ballantyne. So we we had Valentine and Ballantyne in this late in, in this game. Ballantyne played pretty well late for a fucking practice squad guy to get called up and matched up mm-hmm. on Michael Thomas and Chris Olave multiple times and some passes defended. Pretty impressive. Um, and and in the middle of the game too, because Valentine got hurt. Carrington yeah. Valentine got hurt and forced Valentine into that yeah, larger right. role. Yep. And Valentine, he was all right. I mean that that throw down the sideline to Olave was just beautiful. Like there's nothing you can well, do yeah. about what that. Do do? Yeah. Rezul Douglas had a really good tackle on a screen that looked like it could have been a really big play. That was huge. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon, I don't know, just a smidge late in the red zone on what could have been a huge pick. He hasn't been very good. I think the passer rating, the quarterback passer rating against him this year is like 130 or something like that. So, remind us that that's pretty good. That's that's pretty good if you're a quarterback. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Secondary was pretty good overall. The safeties, Darnell Savage. God, I didn't hate the say. I you know you, you kind of want to point fingers and God, they just they played pretty well. Rui uh, Ford. Made a couple decent tackles. I don't remember him missing anything egregious this week. He was the second highest rated player on the defense, according to Pro Football Focus. And Darnell Savage, he's been pretty solid all year. Again, if nothing else, I know he made. Uh, he was the star of the um, aerial video of Bajan Robinson last week missing the tackle. But, you know, I hated HaHa Clinton Dix because he would take terrible angles almost on purpose to avoid contact. And... Savage is just trying so hard to be a fucking heat seeking seeking missile. Yes. Sometimes he misses. You know, he's shooting at about 60, 70% maybe. But he made a couple decent plays in this game too. And speaking of Savage, Rudy Ford kind of righted Savage's wrong last week with that deep pass breakup that could have been a huge completion. But uh secondary, any big thoughts here, guys? I think um, I've been a lot happier with like Rasul Douglas's play. I think that's been a lot better than it was last year. Last year he was taking a lot of I feel like I feel like really risky plays that weren't paying off and then missing tackles. So I think this year I don't know. I've seen it feels like consistent play from Mazul, which has been fun to watch. And then I think I'm impressed with Savage. I think if you utilize him as a box safety, he's a playmaker. Like he yeah. has a he's a playmaker near the line of scrimmage. And I think that that's really fun to watch. We just need like your – he needs to be in a backfield that has a center fielder that can run to the back end and make all the plays in the back end. Maybe even a guy who doesn't love contact, but just like a guy who can go out there and run and deflect the ball. So he can he can run the alley on the run. He can be near the line of scrimmage, come up and play the slot every once in a while when he's needed. Get in, you know, play up on a running back or a tight end, like that type of thing. He's effective. He, if there was a stat for running back pressures, he would have a lot. Like he, he might not make the play on the run, but he affects the run. So hopefully, yes. someone else can do it, which is not great when the name of your position is safety. But he's he's doing stuff, and I can't complain about him doing stuff, Billy. Yeah, I don't oh, have anything, Dad. Good. Okay, good. We're fucking. We're going way too long again. Oh, Quay Walker. Quay Walker is fun. Uh, I talked. Devondre Campbell got hurt his other ankle. I feel like he might be out for a while. We'll have to see. Um, but once again, this week they talked to Quay about his anger stuff. He was fine on the field. I don't think he had anything terrible. <laughs> they talked about his anger stuff and all of that. They asked Matt Lafleur today too about it, and he's like, "To be honest, I haven't thought about it. It seems like he's just trying to." 
take himself out of those scrums that are going on. Um, <laughs> he did say that Jair is the one who came up and persuaded him to do it. And he said, thank God he persuaded me to, <laughs> to meditate before the games. Um, yeah, he and he also admitted that his entire football career, when he has a bad play or a frustrating play, he can't stop thinking about it the rest of the game. Like he said that, and that it it has affected him on later plays, That's and now amazing. he's like stopped doing that. It's funny because these young guys, like you don't have to be that honest, but it, I like that Quay is admitting like how he has changed almost as a person <laughs> through through this stuff. Um, we mentioned it early on too. Mike Daniels chimed in on Twitter. There, there was this whole thing going on about tough guys and dirty guys on defense. Uh, he was quote tweeting someone who said, "There's a fine line between nasty and dirty." Mike, I love you more than one of those men you listed are downright dirty. Always oh, talking about like uh, Nadamakan Sue, how Nadamakan he was dirty. Sue, yeah. He's like, I don't, I don't respect that. It doesn't belong in the game. And Mike Daniels said, "Yes, there's a fine line. We never flirted with that line enough," which I don't disagree with. I like that he yeah. was the idiot of those of those defenses in the mid uh, 2010s. Um, but he said, there's a line enough and it keeps us out of the Super Bowl. People were mad at Quay, but that attitude is needed for a top five defense. <laughs> for a top five defense, you need several guys like that. And hey, Devonta Wyatt was kind of the knucklehead with them last year. Um, but yeah, that Isaiah McDuffie, he played, he reminds me of DJ Smith, an undersized inside linebacker who's always in the right spot, but he might get dragged. Um, he's probably gonna have to play coming up this week. But do you guys have any other thoughts on the inside linebackers? Yeah, I like to see Quay move around a little more. But other than that, I mean, it's yeah, he's fun to watch, and yeah, hopefully Devondre can come back. Hopefully, whatever ailment he's got, Devondre can be a little. It just yeah, it seems like he's a little slow. I feel like so he, we'll see. I feel like he's gonna need like a Walker or a Kane when he's like forty. I feel like he is looking worse for wear. Like his body has just got to be trashed right now. But what yeah. Do you do? Uh, outside linebacker Rashawn Gary. I mean, fuck, we talked about him a little bit at the start. I love Rashawn Gary. I don't know how you can't love Rashawn Gary. Three sack game, obviously on like 23, 26 snaps. I think he had big sack in the fourth quarter too, when we really needed it. Um, he just makes it look easy. You know, I said, I think this preseason that I feel like Lucas Van Nassel has a higher ceiling because he could be more of a finesse player. But Gary just wins with with the dumbest stuff. You know, we would always say Rodgers makes it look easy. Rashawn Gary does because it's just bull rush, bull rush, bull rush, and then moving along, guys. Um, the post-game locker room video was pretty yeah. cool. Obviously, crying. LaFleur is saying that, you know, we I know that all you guys would go to war with this guy, blah, blah, blah. And it's, you know, Rashawn's crying. He was saying how it's an honor to fight along you guys and all this. It's just funny because, you know, it's football. It's it's week three of a football season, you know. But he is, and I fucking hate Zedarius Smith. There's no player I've hated more over the last five years than that fucking guy. Gary is who we thought Zedarius was. Zedarius was such a fake, a phony, and he gives up. Rashawn Gary is fucking awesome. Give him all the money in the world. I, I love him. What would you guys think of Gary? I mean, everything you said and more. I mean, when you compare him to, like, Zedarius, Zedarius is like, oh, like, mom says we have Rashawn Gary at home, and then you get home and it's Zedarius Smith. You're like, ah, that's not what I wanted. I mean, yeah, that's a guy who's, like, super pat. Is there anybody that loves the game more than Rashawn Gary? I don't don't know if there is. He he does to a level where you almost don't believe him. You know? It's like no one can love football this much, but he does. Like, he cried when they told him he'd be able to practice. I just like nobody is rooting for Rashawn Gary more than me. I love that guy. 
he and to his credit too like he was pretty raw coming out man he bends around that corner he mm-hmm. his hands are looking good like i he's gonna have a huge season yeah and he was averaging a sack per game last year too before he tore his ecl i have three words for brian gutekunst just in case he's listening to the podcast maybe he's a loyal listener i don't know pay that man Ooh, yes <laughs> Yeah, and I wonder what kind of money he's going to get too, because Joey Bosa, I, I don't know, or whatever Bosa, he, I mean, he's PJ getting Jay Watt money. He's getting thirty-four million. The the newest Bosa, I forgot which one, and then TJ's getting like twenty-five yeah. or twenty-six. So I'm like, fuck, we're gonna have to give it's him like thirty million per probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lucas Van Ness only played eleven snaps back with that elbow injury. Preston Smith still no sacks on the season, but he hasn't looked bad either. I don't know, he's just kind of been invisible out there. He, he's how been is, in on some how's sacks. He in in run support because i haven't seen him a lot on on the pass rush but that's the thing because he i haven't there's never been a oh what are you doing preston type deal but he's still playing like right. the second most snaps so i can't really complain you know I, I feel like he's a guy the coaches love like he's probably in the right place at the right time yep. maybe he's not that athletic freak that you're looking for like he's not pass rushing yeah and doing it but he's like he's gonna set the edge right and he's not gonna let people get outside of him he's gonna force everything inside and then, yeah, he's just he's helping other people make plays. I think is what it comes down to. Yep. And not that I not that I watch Preston Smith. If there was a player that I watch on defense, it's true, Rashawn Gary, and then Kenny yeah. Clark, right? Yeah. So, I I don't know. We're not seeing his name called a whole lot, but we're also not really seeing anything like you said, where it's God damn it, Preston, what are we doing? Yep, and Which we've we've had plenty of that with other position groups on this uh, team. Well, I was gonna say even last week with JJ and Igbari, good bounce back game. It's like it's like the coaches literally told him to only play the run, and he played very very well. He he chased down a yeah. couple plays. He yeah. he had a tackle for loss too, and even on the when uh, Taysom Hill was in the game, he was usually the guy who was focused on the quarterback. So I liked like to see that you know in one week learning from your mistakes. Uh, Defensive line, Kenny Clark, still a game record. It, it feels like this year, and I didn't look it up, but it's like every first drive or second drive, he makes a big play. Yeah. He's still solid throughout the game, but it's like he really does, like he comes out fresh, and the the speed, I assume, off the line for him and strength, like they're just not used to it at the beginning of the game. Devonta Wyatt, you know, we had a lot of hopes for him. He's done pretty much nothing since the beginning. Well, I think he... I think he had a good game against uh, the Bears, but since against then, the Bears, he did nothing. I can't remember seeing him, you know, do anything these last two games. Uh, T.J. Slayton, that first drive, first grave digger of the year after he did it in the preseason, and then uh, Justice Mosqueda wrote about this. Carl Brooks and Colby Wooden. We talked last week. J.J. was really bad in the run, and then Colby Wooden was worse in the run. We were talking about the ranges of the snaps on defense, how it was a lot closer week one, week two. You know, Kenny had a ton, and, you know, the rookies barely had any. Clark had 51 snaps this week. He led the team. Uh, everyone else was in, like, the 20s, except for Colby Wooden, who dropped to 10 snaps after getting, like, 20 last week. And uh, Brooks, you know, rookie, he had the second most snaps. So he kept his snaps. Wooden had his went to go to like a third of what it was. So that is not a good sign for a rookie. I wonder how much more we're going to see of Wooden this year. But uh, I don't know. Anything? Maybe a little bit of that is like a balance in just like rotating people in and out, doing a nice job of that. If everybody's floating around 25, 30 snaps, I mean, maybe that's just in general good for everybody to be getting in and out. Um, 
But again, yes, I don't know. I didn't really have much else other than like Kenny is looking. Kenny had a slow start last year. This is not a slow start. He is looking like he's fierce this year. The December, the December is uh, he's showing up early. He had four Global sacks warming. all the last year. He's already at two. Yeah, and shit. he just he like you were saying too, Spencer. He bursts through the line sometimes. Like that's explosive, and I don't think we saw a lot of that last year. I don't know if he was hurt or what the deal was, but he looks young and healthy, and he is. I mean, what is he like? Twenty six. Yeah, he's 26 or 27, I think. I think he has two years left on his deal. It'll be interesting to see what we do with Kenny here down the line when we're eventually going to have to pay all these receivers and other young studs on the the team. So we'll have to see. Uh, Special teams... We So I've brought it up a couple times. I'm going to say it again. Rich Bisaccia, he's the highest paid special teams coordinator in the league unless someone leapfrogged him this past year, and I still do not get it. He, I don't think he's done an incredible job. I like how the kicker's been kicking. He's been making the kicks, which is good. The puncher's been punting well. Uh, but, God, you know, week one, how we couldn't – or week two, we couldn't get them out in time to kick that field goal. That's some pretty basic shit. I get it's rookies, but how do you not talk about that? The punt return touchdown this week, you know, we had the blocked kick, blocked punt, whatever in the preseason, and we have a lot of special teams guys on this team where that is their job, which is something we never gave Maurice Drayton again. EQ publicly said that he had no interest in playing special teams until after he got cut, and then we had a, you know, a punter who didn't know how to hold, you know, and I don't know, there was a shitty snapper, I just, I'm not sold on Rich Bisaccia, um... Yeah, I don't know. Keyshawn returned one punt late, I think, when they wanted a little bit more of a spark. But I don't know how much you guys want to vent about special teams. But for how much he's getting paid, I wish we were doing better. Counterpoint. We got a kicker who came out of college kicking 50%. He hasn't missed a kick. Point. Rich Bisaccia. He is a Carlson whisperer. He was also also hurt his senior year. Okay. Still kicked for like 50%. Not very good. You got uh, a combination between Orzech, Whalen. That didn't look too hot in the preseason. No issues so far, right? So that's a plus. Yeah. The coverage maybe has not been great. We let off the touchdown, you know, point Spencer. But aside from that, I mean, I think give him a little retur- bit of credit. The return game has not been good. The punt it's return not been game good. continues to be non-existent, and Nixon continues to take him from six yards <laughs> Yeah, in the end zone and get out to about the eighteen to twenty yard line, and we start five yards further back than we should be. Which still so much better than last year. I I said that you know this is what we have to live with when he set the NFL record for however many straight hundred yard Uh kickoff return games. I get it, but at some point it's like, dude, you actually need to show that it's worth your while this year. If if he yeah. gets a snap on offense, that means you don't get to run any over five yards deep in the end zone. <laughs> like it, yeah. there, we should have that type of rule. It's at an least. Well, plan. well, shit. Now he's going to play eight snaps on offense this week. <laughs> oh shit! I I'd welcome that. That would be. Yeah. Then, then they really won't know if he's bummer the ball or for not. eighty yards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we went pretty long, so we won't talk about fan etiquette. So let's do. Is Kyle an idiot? I'm not an idiot. Okay. You sure? Yes. All right. Is Kyle an idiot for the week? Uh, what are you? Did you guys go two and one last week too? Or are you four and two? I assume nobody cares. We no were, we were two and one. Good to me. 
Okay. There I we was go. thinking bef- before this that we should really go back and kind of keep track of what our predictions were and I how we're doing on is Kyle an idiot. I used and... to post images on Twitter of our predictions. Ooh. Maybe I'll do it again this week, but I keep getting lazy. And especially the beginning of the year, I don't want to get dunked on if we're like totally wrong. But uh, <laughs> yes, is Kyle an idiot for the week? Uh, these might be easier questions too because I thought uh, Billy wasn't going to be with us tonight. So let's see. How you guys do? Oh, okay. They're, they're my, All right. Well, he's fucking. He's stupid good with trivia. Like it's. He, he, yeah, I'm not very good. With he trivia. he knew like the Packers head coach like six coaches ago or something. I forgot what it was. Anyways, sorry. First question: Rashawn Gary had three sacks on Sunday. Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith were the previous two Packers to have three sack games. Who had the three sack game before them? Oh. I can picture him in my head. It was the lanky white guy. Um, I cannot remember his. You've Billy, you you've already redeemed yourself from what I said earlier. I know exactly. Yes. When you say it, I'm gonna be like, "Oh yeah, obviously." So, I I know exactly. Oh uh, God, Kyler Fackrell. Um, yes. yes, yes, Kyler Fackrell. I had to look it up again. I I always I, I'm probably batting a thousand for writing his name wrong because. It's Kyler Fackrell. I'm always like, is it Kyle Fackrell? Is it Kyler Fackrell? But it is Kyler Fackrell. And yes, it was him. In 2018, had 10 and a half sacks, which is fucking unbelievable. I looked it up. He is out of the league. He was on a practice squad last year, got cut in September, and hasn't been back since. So RIP to Kyler Fackrell. Turned out a decent career. He got a a contract from somebody after being a... (sighs) Fifth round pick? No, so, I I think he was actually a second or third round pick, and he was old. I could oh, be wrong, but oh I think dear. I think he was. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that is the correct reaction. But very good. If want to know so far, the next next question. This was tied for the uh, largest comeback in Packers history. Fourth quarter comeback. The other being the 2018 opener against the Bears. What other game in the 2018 season did the Packers have a major comeback? In the fourth quarter, being down fifteen points. Billy, you thinking all at all? You you close? I can. I will give one hint. It was late in the twenty eighteen season. That is what I was thinking. It was later, but I can't remember who it would be. So, actually, my stumps stump spenny question is a comeback related question as well. So I was going through the. <laughs> The Packers' biggest comebacks. There was a whole like points. article written about so it. So we're too. down 15 points. Comeback win. 2018. All right, five. I don't. I four. Don't, I have no idea. Three. Was it Cowboys? Detroit. Two. One. No, it was not Detroit. It was the Jets. Uh, lost us some draft spots, but Would not have gotten. It that. was the second to last game oh, of the season. Yes. Todd, I remember we watched it at a bar um, really? in Superior. Yep, it was uh, what was the the one the guy who won the Canadian lottery? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I can't. It's gone now. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but we watched that game there. Yes, it was against the Jets. Uh, in this game, Jamal Williams was the leading rusher, EQ was the leading receiver, and Josh Jones was the leading tackler. But yeah, it was a fun. It was Rogers. Nice what late comeback, went into overtime. Devontae caught the uh, overtime touchdown. I love that game. It was a very fun game, but it kind of hurt us in the draft, not like it really mattered. Uh, but, yeah, okay, one and one. Last question. Before losing to the Lions in the final game of the 2022 season, when was the last time the Packers lost to the Lions at Lambeau? It's got to be. It was like a decade prior probably. 
Well, so I know that they had like a night. They had a nineteen game winning streak or whatever. But yep. didn't didn't that get snapped a handful of years ago? It did. Get, you're saying the nineteen game winning streak streak against the Lions at at home against the Lions or in the state of Wisconsin? I thought that got snapped a handful of years before last year. I'm gonna say the last time they beat us at home was like Kyle Vandenbosch. <laughs> I'm going to say it was 20. So I think it was just bad teams, I guess, where we would have had bad teams. I'm going to say 2018. Billy is right. It was 2018. It was the wow. week after all of these uh, trivia questions are 2018 related. It was Kyler Fackrell. It was the second to last game of the Jets. And the last game of the year was against the Lions with Pat McAfee as one of the commentators when the Packers lost 31 to zero. Aaron Rodgers got a concussion in the first quarter. And it was sure. one of okay. the worst, if not the worst Packer. At least it was the last game of the season. We were out of the playoff. So it <laughs> it wasn't like devastating, but... Terrible, terrible. Joe Philbin's last game, uh, the oh, head coach of the Green Bay Packers. Okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. All right. Oh, Billy, do you have a stump spinning question for me? I do. As I mentioned before, mine is also related to the largest comebacks in Packers history. So on Sunday, Jordan Love, in his fourth career start, led the tied for eighth largest comeback in Packers history at 17 points. As the three of us are well aware, Aaron Rodgers' largest comeback as a Packers quarterback was 20 points against the Chicago Bears in 2018 in the season opener. Brett Favre's largest comeback as a Packers quarterback was accomplished five different times. What is that comeback? And name the opponent in one of those games. Jesus. Uh, it's just comeback overall. God, I should have. I should have overall comeback. So, so for reference, like I said, so Aaron Rodgers' top comeback was twenty points. Jordan Love at seventeen. That's tied for eighth. The number one comeback of all time is twenty three points by the legend Scott Hunter in nineteen eighty two, and then the other legend Matt Flynn in twenty (laughs) thirteen. So to kind of give give you an idea of where we're at and points here so sorry you said Favre's is more or he had he had, he did this five times five uh, different this exact times score five times. yes yep this comeback five different score. times so it is less than jordan loves comeback okay i i want to say 15 but the fact that it happened f- that many times i want to say 14 i'm gonna say 14 That's 14 is think. correct okay and you know, it, we could probably pick like Detroit or the Vikings or the Bears. I, I can't name one for sure, but I feel like the Bucks. He probably had like a big comeback. I'm trying to think of who else it could. Cowboys? No, Cowboys are bad. Let's. You want to just yeah, Tampa. I'll say Tampa. Tampa Bay is incorrect, but a division opponent would have been a good one. So <laughs> here are the the five opponents. Uh that he came back from 14 down against first was 1992 against Cincinnati is that first game off the bench for McCoskey. Duh. Duh. Fuck. The was second wrong. was 1994 <laughs> against the Rams. Yeah. The third no. was 2001 at the Jaguars. No. The fourth was 2003 against the bears, which 
these middle three were kind of forgettable games. I did not know those. <laughs> but the first one and then the most recent one, 2008 against Seattle in the playoffs. Oh, I wasn't even thinking playoffs. Okay. Yeah, it's a good point. That was – I remember watching that game. I was like, fuck, it's done. Ryan Grant fumbled two or three times. Like It, it was an unreal comeback. And then the uh, – Still, probably the most overrated Brett Favre play ever was when he's falling over and he underhand tossed it to a wide open Donald to Lee. Donald it's like, Lee. Yeah. I could literally do that. Like, you know, like that's yeah. not as impressive. The as, fall. But, but, the but fall because it's, let's see you do that in about six, seven years here, Spencer, when you're yeah. a 40 year old <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I said this to my girlfriend uh, a few years ago in Nashville. I was a couple beers deep on a scooter and I totally ate it and like, fuck, just ate shit scraped up my knee and i was like that sucked but it felt kind of cool to be like a kid again like i got a i got a boo-boo you know you don't scrape your knee anymore on a fucking scooter so that was you know i, I, I like i like that type of stuff Gets i'm not the juices that flowing yeah i'm still a child uh <laughs> moving on to the lions preview we were playing the lions on thursday night football on amazon prime uh kickoff is at 7 15 i had to look it up i had it written incorrectly i I guess I hadn't, or I'm listening with it muted in the background, but uh, I thought it was Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, but no, it is Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. Haven't been able to talk about Al Michaels in that group this year. I love Al Michaels. He's probably my favorite play-by-play guy. I, yeah. I really like Joe Buck as a play-by-play guy too, but having Kirk Herbstreet with him is just like too much of the he's, same thing. You need a weirdo he's with... He's a college guy. Yeah, it, and he's a college guy. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, and he's too straight-laced. I, I want more of a weirdo with Al Michaels. Like, Chris Collinsworth, obviously we all have complaints about him, but he was a pretty good partner yeah. for Al Michaels. Um, the John Madden was the, the GOAT for true. Al yes. Michaels. True, yes, yes. Um, Lions are 2-1. and one. They beat the Chiefs week one on the road. They lost to Seattle at home, and then they beat the Falcons last week, 20-6, to six, I believe it was. Uh, points per game, they're doing pretty well. They are 12th in the league. Um, opponents' points per game is 15th right in the middle. Rushing statistics, they're not running the ball very well. They're 24th with an average of 3.6, so a little bit better than us. Stopping the run, though, they're doing very well with a 3.2 average, which is 5th best in the league. Passing offense, they are second in the league in yards per pass. They are also sacked the third least. The defense overall is pretty well-rounded. Um, their pasty is maybe the way you would attack them, but they're still right in the middle for most of those statistics. On offense, Goff is obviously still their quarterback. He's almost like, to me, the new Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is almost leveled up, which isn't saying like much. Like He was the top of the middle third in the league and now he's the back end of the top third I would say um, and Jared Goff is now like the top of that middle third almost if he's protected he's usually pretty good like Kirk Cousins Amon Ross St. Brown is their best receiver uh, they also have Josh Reynolds but with uh, the Alabama Williamson being suspended you know he hasn't been able to throw to him when he's not playing uh, Sam Sam Porter or whatever the rookie tight end he's been very he good he has like 180 yards, I think, on the season and like 18 receptions, something like that. They have one of the better offensive lines in football, especially run blocking. And, uh, God, how do you say his name? Panay Sewell, the right tackle, the rookie Sounds right, yeah. the rookie two years ago. God, he's already a third-year player, I think, but he's very good. Defense, like I said, still solid. They had seven sacks last week against the Falcons. Aiden Hutchinson in his sophomore year is looking really good. He had two sacks last week. Brian Branch, too, the rookie safety, who obviously, you know, in a lot of mocks, 
They had him going to us. He's looking very good. So once again, their draft class. We'll see what Gibbs turns into. It's always hard for undersized yep. running backs to feel great about them. Um, but yeah, their team's looking pretty good. I don't know. I was at that Lions game last year to end the season when we got our hearts ripped out, and they just seemed like such a tougher team. There's been a lot of talk, obviously, with the youth of this team. It's something that Jason Wildey and a lot of people have probably said, but it's like they're young and talented, but they're also so young. One, they didn't know how to win. Last week, they kind of showed they know how to win. And now I wonder, you know, the Patriots practice where we kind of got manhandled, the Falcons game last week and the run game and all of that. This week, too, against the Saints, they really let the receivers play. On the outsides, Dontavian Wicks actually said that uh, he looked at the ref during after a play because he was getting pushed so much at the line and the ref said something like be rough to him back. It was something along that, like he told him to just give it back to, to him. give it back to him. And they pretty much let them play all games. So maybe this young, like dumb it. Packers team is a little bit tougher than the ones of the past. Again, the defensive line is so much better just by moving on from, from Dean Lowry. Did you guys see his pro football focus grade for like the years, like 30 something. And he's terrible. He, he's like legitimately bad. They're talking about already benching him when they gave him a halfway decent contract. I think they gave him a two year deal, but I'm stunned. That's not him. working out. <laughs> yeah. I remember talking to somebody and they were like, yeah, like Dean Lowry was always good against us when we played the Packers and we we're going to tear everybody up. I'm like, I don't, that's because the Vikings the have game? a crappy offensive line. <laughs> yeah, right. My, my uh, Viking pal, Kyle, he, uh, he respects my opinion more about football and the Packers because I told him last year that Zadarius Smith signing was good, like to get him that cheap, but he, he's going to be a pain in the ass and get cut. And sure enough, <laughs> I was right. And I told him Dean Lowry, it was a terrible, terrible contract. And it wasn't a good contract. so far so good, but uh, yeah, Lions, what do you guys, what do you guys think going into this game? They're still a little spooky. They're a little scary, I think, but I, don't know. I think they're more scary than they've ever been. Just the fact <laughs> that like a Dan Campbell team. What a statement. Like, I mean, well, you're saying like still a little spooky, like they're the scariest they've been in quite some time. But a Dan Campbell team, that's a fiery team on a short week. Mm-hmm. I mean, grit seems to win out on Thursday night. Good the point. Lions are a gritty team. I well, to be seen if if the Packers are a gritty team. I'm not sold yet, but we could get there. We could be we could be gritty. This is good. We're young enough. This is good football talk right here. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. They have they have some good weapons too. I mean, yeah. they're they're a decent team. Sam Laporta every week is looking. I mean, he had a couple nice wide open plays. Like he moves well down the field. I don't know if he can block anybody, but man, he's a receiver. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, short week, everybody's banged up. I don't feel great about it, but <laughs> we'll see. I feel a little better because while everybody's banged up, we kind of touched on it before. We are getting potentially some pretty important pieces back in Aaron Jones, Christian Watson. What, the, like the three is, best players on the team. Is Jair <laughs> going to be able to play? Like we were able to pull out a win against a, a feisty New Orleans team. And now we got a big, you know, divisional opponent, big game at Lambeau for, you know, sole possession of first place in the division. And both the Bears and the Vikings, meanwhile, are 0-3. Like if we can get a win and move to 3-1... and have two division wins already in our first four games. Reason for a lot of optimism, I'll say, for the rest of the, the season I, here. I, I'm trying to remember our preview. We kind of talked about our first 
four or five games before the bye. And it was like, man, if we can be three and two, if we can be two and three. I I liked your dramatic pause for like three seconds. Then you were like, if, we, if we're three and one. There's reason for optimism. <laughs> true, I, I, bold. I don't. I don't want to overstate it. Like, oh, we're running away yeah, with the division. Yeah. But yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be a fun game. Jordan Love, the first time Jordan Love actually being Jordan Love uh, under the. Well, actually, it is. Um, I was thinking Kansas City, but under the lights at Lambeau, that'll be fun. And God, I don't know. It's like you said. If we get these guys back, and I do think we are going to get Aaron Jones. I think he's going to play. I think Watson's going to play. I think Jair's going to play. And Bakhtiari, God. He's always a question mark. He's always a question mark. I think second game at Lambeau, there's a good chance. And something else to talk about with these injuries is the way the schedule works out, which is for how banged up we are right now, we really couldn't ask for a better way for the the schedule to shake out because we have this Thursday night game which is fine, and we'll see if we held some of these guys out just so that they were more likely to play in this game. But after this, we play Oakland on Monday night. So we have a bit of a mini-buy of having an extra game there and playing a little early. Then on top of that, after the that game, we have our bye week. So we have a chance here for, you know, I forgot what, I think there's like a 20, we play like one or two games in 23 days. I forgot whatever one the stat game is. In 23 days. Yeah, so it's, a good chance for this team to get healthy when we're getting banged up early. And again, if if those guys can play, I wonder if that is kind of a jolt and something that I don't want to say the Lions aren't expecting, but it's just such a different element when you have an all-pro left tackle and a Christian Watson who's going to stretch the field and then a running back who can average maybe over three yards a carry, which would be a huge improvement for this oh. team. Yeah. Um, fun fact, did you know we have two Thursday night games this year? What's the other one? Do we play on Thanksgiving this year? Yes, against. Oh, Detroit. it's not? Is it Detroit? Okay. <laughs> play Detroit twice on Thursday night this year. Oh, well, there you go. That's that's good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two mini buys was my main point. We have two mini buys this year, which is nice. We also have two really short weeks, so it's not great. <laughs> it's usually how the, the Thursday games you play early but you get a longer break after yeah Yeah. uh i'll jump in for predictions i don't know this is i don't want to say you know i i said like 2019 that niners game in the playoffs maybe the regular season was kind of a tone setting game for what you know the matt lafleur era might be and that really was kind of right for the niners owning the lafleur packers early on and now with the Jordan Love era, the Lions kind of being the sweetheart of the NFL, you know, obviously over producing last year, kind of being the front runner right now. I God, I, I don't want to say it, but it's like our, you know, the future battles with the Detroit Lions when the Vikings. I don't think Quazy is very good. That analytics GM that they have, their draft last year is looking like dog shit, and the signings that they've done. I don't, I don't know what the fuck he's doing with that franchise. The Bears are fucking terrible. I think the Lions are going to be the only ones really giving us any competition in the next few seasons here, but. Under the lights at Lambeau, the Lions, maybe we suck and come out flat, but I think the Packers are going to win 24-27. to 27. God, I didn't even look up what the uh, Vegas shit is, but I'm pretty sure we are, like, plus one in this game. Yeah, the Lions are favored for the first time in 
20 years what was it? it it's been decades since they've been favored in the game at lambo but uh yes 24 to 27 that is my prediction for this game i'm gonna say i guess my prediction for the game i'm gonna say 17 13 packers we squeak out a gritty win against my i don't know i do think maybe they're a little bit more gritty, but we'll see yeah short week short week low scoring makes sense and the packers are getting one and a half points at lambo which is Still weird to see. I don't think the lines are that much better, but that's not good that Vegas is that confident. It's going to be an interesting game. It's kind of a measuring stick game. You know, everybody was was adoring the, the Lions. They were kind of the media darling during the offseason. And the Packers, I think, have shown that they're maybe not as bad, certainly not as bad as I thought so far that we would be this season. Hot take. But... We've also struggled historically with Dan Campbell teams. Um, got swept by him last year, including in a must-win game. And maybe that's just leaving a bad taste in my mouth still the last time we saw him at Lambeau. So I'm going to say that Detroit wins it by a score of 23-20. Okay, I think this is the first time... Yeah, because Todd, you you've what are you? You're like one and two on the year. I think you picked us to lose last week and to beat the Falcons. And this is the first time Billy and I have picked differently. So we'll have to see. Uh, bold predictions are bold predictions. Last mine, remember part of mine was Christian Watson playing. That obviously didn't happen. Billy, I think you had like multiple different types of touchdowns Tay- from Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. Two touchdowns. He had like four touches. Yeah, Todd, what was yours? I forgot what you I don't even... Incredibly important. My bold <laughs> prediction, I one, I feel like he's due. Two, I feel like... I don't know if he's going to pop off or if someone else will get involved. I have the Packers scoring two tight end touchdowns in this game. I think maybe Lukey Boy, the Luke Moosegrave will have two, or maybe Josiah DeGuara squeezes out in the flat and catches some stupid pass for a touchdown with one of Luke's in the corner or something. But yes... Two tight end touchdowns. Todd, tease. I have two two interceptions for the defense. I'm not going to say who. I don't care who. I don't know if that's and bold. One of them. You don't think that's bold? Well, one of them's what? Jared Goff has been playing pretty good. One of them's what? One of them is the game winning to seal the game. Oh, okay. Well, then there, the you, there you go. Okay. Is that bold enough? That's bold enough. I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I do that a lot on this podcast. Billy? Spencer, you and I are on the same page again. Uh, it seems like each week we've had a different receiver pop week one it was uh reed with two touchdowns week two it was duntavian wicks with that big touchdown against atlanta last week it was romeo dobbs 73 yards and a touchdown so i'm going to say this week it's luke musgrave with 75 yards and a touchdown god i like it isn't i shouldn't say it but i'm like god i almost feel like that isn't bold enough but obviously that would be that would be like the number one tight end week for for fantasy football well, I was going to say, and we talked, it might have been earlier in the year, about how many games Tunyon had with yeah, like that's right. yards last year, and he had 50, one. 50, and he had two. It was 50, and he yeah. had two. Okay, see? So, oh, God. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. I'm very excited for, for that game. We'll just... Uh... Todd, you gave your bold prediction, right? What was it? Oh, yeah, it was the two picks. Okay, I'm sorry. I got him all over the place. Corrections from last week. We didn't have any the previous week because we were perfect. Um, one, I talked about it earlier. Jordan Love's first deep ball wasn't that bad against the Falcons. One, this isn't like a correction. We just forgot to talk about Jordan Love's 
terrible sneak last week. Back to what I said early <laughs> on, why I love him. He just does stupid shit or weird looking shit. His legs. He's got weird legs. He looked like a falling fawn against the Falcons. The the uh, splits obviously against the Saints, like we've talked about. He does a lot of. Go- he didn't slide very well. It's he's. I don't know. He's he's Bambi, but yeah. at the same time, so, so Jordan Love is Bambi, and Luke Musgrave is a baby moose out there. Yeah, something like that. So what? He's Bullwinkle. Jordan Love is, is. Wait, is Rocky the which one's which? Bullwinkle's Bullwinkle's Bullwinkle is the moose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> classic classic cartoon um we uh correct i guess we can say correction we were wrong about david bakhtiari's knee it's still a little weird but obviously with him not playing at lambo that was something i think his knee really were we wrong or did he double down he was like well now i can't play at lambo because <laughs> well, like, he just, and, like, and a short week it. too yes and yeah. we'll see if he plays on thursday the other thing once again that i'll bring up because he is caught in a lie rasheed walker said that on he was told on Saturday by Dave that he was going to play. Dave said that he didn't know until Sunday that he wasn't going to play. So if you're lying about that, what else are you lying about? Either way, obviously, <laughs> I think his leg, his leg did just swell up after Chicago, and he wants it to go down before playing again. Fine, we'll, we'll see. Uh, the last thing, too, with naming all the former Packers on the Saints, I forgot to mention Jonathan Abrams, who is on their team, who had a cup of coffee with the Packers last year. And Isaac Yadam, you know, we brought him up, or I did briefly, and God, he was part of the game. Like, he had a couple nice pass breakups, but he also let up the uh, game-losing touchdown for the Saints. The Saints had a lot of pass breakups in that game. I I didn't know anything. What was that corner's yeah, that name? Dude, that Was he a rookie uh, or second-year player? AJ. Second-year player? Alante something or other? Yeah. Oh, is that what AJ? it was? AJ. It was shorter than something or AJ other. AJ Alante? Yeah. I don't know. That sounds like a like a Alante, Alante Taylor. Oh, I was thinking of somebody else. He had five deflections. And he had the sack. Yes. Isaac Yadam had four. Yeah. You remember who uh Isaac Yadam who he who he gave away to trade for Isaac Yadam? No. Kyler Fackrell. Josh Jackson. It was Josh Jackson for Isaac oh. Yadam straight up here. You uh. take our garbage. I don't know if Josh is still in the league, but Shout I out, do remember shout that out to Isaac now. For now that you say that, I do remember that. Yeah. A player swap. I can fix him. Yeah. Um, with that, uh, if you want to leave a review, please do that. Five-star rating, whatever. Uh, we, uh, also, yeah. Uh, Miami put up 70 points this week. Dude. Can we just... I mean, what is that? Yeah. I I love that Sean Payton... The, Sean Payton seems like <laughs> a douchebag. Got 70 hung on him. 70, especially <laughs> after going after Nathaniel Hackett this offseason and... Kind of hate it because you know the people around here, being a Vikings country, they hate the Saints for you know bounty gate yeah. and all that. But it it's good to see him get absolutely embarrassed. Maybe it's not the head coach that's the problem in Denver. Maybe it's Russ. I don't know. Who knows? Well, that's the thing too. Like uh, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk, he kept saying how bad Nathaniel Hackett was, how bad Nathaniel Hackett was, and he was talking up like Sean Payton and shit because he's buddies with the Broncos GM who used to work in the Vikings front office because he's a homer and he loves the Vikings and he's a very biased uh, pro football rumor guy. But yes, uh, you get a koozie, DM us on Twitter, PMP Potter, email us at PMP podcast at gmail.com. I need to send one out to someone whose last name is hammer. I forgot the first name, but you'll be getting your koozie sledge sledge. Yeah. Sledgehammer. Uh, with that, do you guys have anything else? No. Go pack. Go.
All right. Well, with that, Eric Hoskinen, please don't sue us. I still love. Uh, it was Burner, right? Who worked for Google, or who was it that worked for whatever computer company? He was. He, he was the IT guy or something. Okay, I just started it. Did we one two three go? One two three go. Bill. He he was the IT guy, Billy, and he. Well, so a guy. <laughs> it was. Um, it was. Anyways, somebody else. I'm probably gonna his name. Anyways, he Max? was like the I. Yeah, it's Max. Max. He worked for, he think he still works there. It's like a financial firm and they're pretty big. Uh, and he was, he's like the IT guy. And he's like, yeah, all I do is tell people to turn their computer on and off. And if it doesn't work, I order them new stuff. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a British sitcom comedy show called the IT crowd. And that's, that's their oh, go-to really? line is, did you try turning it off and on again? I love that show. 